0: You know, this church is founded on Jesus. It's founded on following Christ. And one of, the greatest, uh, one of the greatest things you can do in your Christ following and, and when you come to Jesus is to come alive to your purpose. And that's why we say here that's our main mission is that everybody that comes in this place, Ashley told the story in our, in our huddle today, but we told the story of, of Kim and how uh, our girl in our youth group She was 14 years old, took her life because she didn't have her purpose, and she didn't have any place to belong. And that's what this church is founded on, is making sure that people, number one, find Jesus, and then number two, the agenda is, find your purpose. And know that when you have your purpose, and that's what we're talking to, that's why we took a whole series to to really go over, what is the reason we're here? Can I encourage you today, God is a specific reason you are on earth, You're not by accident. It's not by chance. In fact, it's not even by chance that you found this church. You are here for a reason. So one more time, say, I'm made for this. I'm made for this. Man, it's been such a good series. We've been looking at, first week, a lifestyle of soul winning and how to change the perspective of church being something that we gather in to church being something that we live out Not something that we're just a part of, but something that we are. And God has called us all to be the walking church. You ever seen the show Walking Dead? We are the walking living, okay? We are the ones that are alive. We are fully alive. And so when you plug into who Christ is, Paul said it best. He said, Christ lives in me. Therefore, I'm dead to my old self. I'm alive in Christ, Therefore, all that's in Christ now is alive in me. Well, when you get that statement, when you really realize what is inside of us as Christ followers, what's in us, when you say yes to Jesus and make him Lord, and he baptizes you in Holy Spirit and fire, what you realize is that you are a walking change maker. You are a walking change maker. No longer do you just tell the temperature of the room. Now you set the temperature of the room. Come on, somebody. Are you with me today? We're made to reveal, to reveal Christ. Going back to the day when Jesus uh, left and he was with his disciples, it was one of the last conversations that they had before. It would be just them. They'd be on their own. I don't know if you've ever felt that. Maybe I, I remember when I graduated um, high school and was going off to college. And it was the day that my, my, my whole family took me to college. We were all there in the dorm room setting up um, and, and getting everything out and setting everything up. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, we'll see you later. And it was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. You know, it's almost like that moment where it's like, hold on, where's the instruction manual with how I do this on my own, you know? And it's one of those things even, I remember uh, when we had Zion for the first time, we didn't have him a second time, but you know what I'm saying, we had a kid for the first time. He wasn't born again. He was born again in Christ, but you know, okay, it's getting confusing. But when we were at the hospital and they sent us home, the nurses said, okay, here's your baby boy, take him home. And I remember being like, hold on. What do we do from here? Like, is there going to be anybody that's going to follow up with us? Maybe you want to send one of the nurses home. You know, they can help us along the way. And I, I can imagine what the disciples were feeling in that last conversation when the teacher, the one who had showed them the way, was now going to heaven to prepare a place for us. And his last conversation, he gave one of the greatest commissions. And I truly believe that today the church has stepped away from the great commission on our lives. And especially in, in the Western culture, I mean, if you really look at it and Phil did a great job of breaking this down last week and talked about the great change that's taken place during this pandemic in the church and how if we're not careful, if you're not careful, church can become all about you. It can be all about your preference, all about how you feel, all about your worship experience, all about your friend crew and your clique, all about the biblical uh, the the doctrine and just what you're found on, which is all good stuff and none of it's bad. But if we're not careful, we as the church can actually step away from the greatest reason we're here. How many know we're not here just to gather? We're here to invade the world with Christ's love. You are here to change your world. To change your world. I remember when I was 16 years old, and it was, the, it was the time of my life when I fully committed to Christ. I was born and raised in the church, five years old. I mean, I was in church, right? I gave my heart, you know, when I was five. And I don't know what I was getting saved from. Maybe just, you know, stealing crayons in the, the, the playground or something like that. But Christ came into my life. When I, when I was 16, I made the decision to follow Christ. And I remember the moment that I realized there was a heaven and there was a hell for real. This wasn't just a story we tell at church. This wasn't just something that we just talk about because the Bible says it. But this is an actual that after we die, there will be a place we spend eternity. And it is either heaven or hell. I remember that moment as a teenager and that realization that the people that I meet every day, the people, they are either in love with Jesus, have him as Lord, and they are going to heaven with me, or one day... I will be in heaven and I will realize those faces that I passed on the street, those faces that I met, every face, they will either be in heaven with me or I will look down and see them burning in hell. And I remember that realization. It messed me up as a teenager. It messed me up to the point where every time I spent alone time with Jesus, I was weeping and bawling at the thought of anybody going to hell of anybody not being in the presence of Jesus. And can I tell you that there are those today that are even experiencing a little bit of hell because they don't have God. Are you with me today? There are those in our networks, our circles, my neighbors, my my coworkers, my friends, people that I'm with all the time they're those that are experiencing a little bit of separation because they don't have God. And can I encourage you as the church, we are full of his spirit. We are full of his power. Paul said that where we go, Christ is in us. And do you know that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. So there's so much to this. And we have to understand that we were made for this. Some of us can take ourselves out of the equation and say, well, that's good for the disciples. Well, that's good for the pastors. That's good for the leaders. That's good for the staff members who went to school, to Bible college, to get an education. Those that study the word and know, the, know the, the, all the doctrine and all the answers for this. No, can I tell you that today, this is for everybody. This is for you. This is for me. This is for my family. This is for your kids. This is for my son, Zion, who's 10 years old, and my daughter, Anne, who's eight years old. This is for your kids who are going to college. This is for you as you step into that new process. Alondra, I'm thinking about you and Jose. As you guys go into California, this is for you to take with you everywhere that we understand we were made to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth. Amen? Oh man, I love it. We were made to reveal the face of Christ. The heart of Christ, we were made to, to give it away. We just met the newest, I think it's the newest addition to the Change Family, little Colton James Everett. Uh, John and Katie had their baby boy a week ago Friday. And so we went and met the little boy. He is, ah, man, the spit in image of John. Oh my goodness! And he's bald, so it's like perfect. And John, if you're watching today, I love you so much. But I, we went in there and I, we're holding him, and Colton James. He is just the chillest baby. He's like a chill koala bear. He's just like cuddled up and just sleeping, just like mm. he makes a little noise, but it's just like mm, to like stretch, you know. And that's like it. That's all like all the peep that we heard out of him the whole time. But holding him, I'm like, man, he is the spit and image of John. I mean, goodness. And you look down the kids. I mean, Kayla and Caden and Kai, all of them. He's like got every type of feature that the Everetts have. You know those families you're like, oh yeah, I know what family you're a part of. You're like a clone. I think about that with Zion. Like uh, he is the spitting image of me on a spitting image of Ashley. Maybe your kids are the same way. They look exactly like you. It's like if you hold them up against your baby picture, it's like, goodness, is this illegal? Like, you know, did we, did we illegally clone these kids? But I was thinking about that, and that's, that's how it should be, shouldn't it? With how we are with Christ. That we have the features of Christ so much that people say, you look exactly like your father. And you look like your dad. Man, you love like Jesus. What would happen if that were the case, and everywhere we went, we had this mentality, this shift in our, in our, in our inside, in our heart, that we were looking for ways to emulate, to invade the world with Christ's love, with who he is, because we were made for it. Would you turn with me in your Bibles? I want to set some foundation for today. Second Corinthians chapter 3. I love Corinthians. Woo, have you di- dove into Paul's writings? I love Paul. He's, he's all over the place sometimes. But I love his writing. I love how he encouraged the church. I know there's so much encouragement in what he wrote uh, to the Corinthians and to Romans, Ephesians. I mean, there's so much nuggets of wisdom here. But I want to look specifically at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. And if you're making notes, uh, 7 through 18 today is what we're going to be reading. And he's talking about the glory of the new covenant is uh, the bold writing in my Bible. He's talking about the, the, the veil that happened with Moses. And as we read this, I want you to, to realize what period we're in. Sometimes we think, uh, as Christians, we kind of stay in the mentality of the old covenant. And I remember, uh, you know, preaching this a while ago, just how we're now, Paul calls us ministers of the new covenant. But sometimes we can get caught up in the mentality of the old covenant. And what it actually does is it creates a barrier to you sharing your faith. In Christ. Did you know, I shared this the first week, but did you know that only 5% of Christians share their faith and lead someone to the Lord personally? That 95% of Christians, and that's, I don't know what study, it's Barna, so they spend millions of dollars pouring into studies and all that. But they said 95% of Christians have never led someone to the Lord personally. This breaks my heart because we talk about the fullness of Christ. Can I just be bold in this? and just let you know, you will never experience the fullness of Christ or the fullness of joy that we read about, the fullness of peace, the fullness of all that. You will never experience that until you engage with the Great Commission. I promise you this. How many have led someone to the Lord personally in this room? Can you just raise your hand real quick? It's hard for me to see with these lights. Amazing. All right. You can, you can vouch for me, right? Right? Vouch for me. The, there's so much joy in that moment when you lead someone to the Lord. I just did it yesterday with a guy as we were uh, serving with Chosen 300. And I think what it comes down to is like this barrier of thinking, this barrier of, of veil. And so Paul talks about this. I want, I want to read this because I think this will shine a light on some understanding for us as the church. Because honestly, our heart is for this church to come alive to soul winning. Next week, I want to talk about soul goals. And you personally, what is your soul goal? What is Christ putting on your heart to lead to the Lord before you die? And I, I want to get into that next week. But this church, that, that is our heart. I, I want to I light you up. I want to light you up to where you experience the fullness of Christ. Because the fullness of Christ is when you're alive to the purpose on your life. And so look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. Are you with me? Are you there? All right. If you're at home... Yeah, turn with me in your Bibles. Write it down, man. These, these are good words. Chap, chapter 3, verse 7 says, Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, talking about the Ten Commandments, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit, Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? Woo! See, this is the breakdown that Paul's telling us, is that when Moses came off the mountain with the Ten Commandments, this law really brought death. And that's what Paul was talking about, is that if you just stay by the law, you will live in a, a wearisome, hard, death, full of death life of Christianity. It'll be heavy. How many have ever been a part of maybe some of those churches or, or you know, relationships where, you know, those Christians, they're like, it is such a struggle. I just got to keep myself out of the world. Oh, I got to not do this and not do that. And if you're in Christ, you should need I mean, it's just this condemning message, right? We have a crew that comes out here on the corner. Literally every time we serve groceries out of this place, they are there. I don't know how it happens, but they must get our schedule, get our change schedule. They must have our app. And they get on there, but they get out there in that corner. Man, they preach such a condemning message. It's too heavy for anybody to bear. In fact, when Jesus came, he actually uh, condemned the religious leaders for putting such a weight on the people because what they were setting as the bar was way too high. Was way too high, and Paul said, "Hey, if you stick to this letter only, if you stick to the letter, that leads to death." He said, "But we are in a new covenant where we are in the Spirit." Everybody say, "I have the Spirit." Come on, you don't have the law only, and this this is where I think the break, this is what I break down today because sometimes we get caught in delivering the law, and if you think of leading someone to the Lord as leading them in the law, making sure you have all your doctrine in place. And and your end goal is not the spirit that lives in you that causes freedom. He says, that's the difference, because that law brought death, but our law brings righteousness. The spirit brings a sense of freedom. 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 For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Everybody say, I am bold. Come on, you got to get that in your spirit. Because he says, since we have a hope, the hope that he stands on. I don't know what you stand on. Uh, but I know that we live in a house where I don't think is the, is the floor going to fall through. Okay. It's very structured. It's very safe. I never think when I'm going up the stairs, is one of these stairs going to cave in? I never go up to the rooftop and think, okay, is this rooftop, is this this whole thing going to fall over? I don't. I never think about it because I have faith that my ground is solid. Can I tell you, you need to have faith that your ground is solid. That what we walk in as the Spirit, as when we walk in, in Christ, that we flow and we have sturdy ground to walk on. Even on the stage. I'm not thinking about it caving in. We shouldn't think of our faith like that. I mean, I mean, I think sometimes we do get caught up in that thought of like, well, what if I reach out? What if I ask the question? What if I love on somebody and there's a wall? What if I get it wrong? How many have ever been there? we are like, man, I've been there where I question myself. What if I step out and God doesn't move? What if I pray for healing right now and they don't feel a thing? I mean, these are real thoughts that we have to look at. But Paul said, so we have confidence and our hope, our hope, which is a steadfast belief, this hope that we talk about when we say hope, when it comes out of the Bible, now the world has kind of construed the word hope. And this hope is like, well, we hope that the world would be better. That's a, that's a very passing hope. It's very void of fact. It's void of base of foundation. It really is. But the word hope that we talk about in the Bible is actually a confidence in what is to come. Do you know that? The blessed hope, when we talk about the blessed hope, is that we have confidence Jesus will come back for us. We're not, it's not this far off thing. We're like, well, I don't know. We, I mean, we hope this all turns around. We hope Jesus is coming. No, the blessed hope is we know he's coming. We just don't know when. And this is such a crucial time in the church. I don't know if we realize it enough as the church because I don't know if the urgency level has turned up enough. Well, we're like in the point nine 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 hour. Can I tell you that God is coming soon? Jesus is coming back for his church soon. And that's why we have to realize, you have to realize, you were made for this. You were made for this. And he goes on. And he talks about this veil being removed. This is what I'm praying over you today, is that the veil is removed. He said, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing on it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Now you gotta catch that. And in fact, even underline that verse, would you? So you can return to it this week as you're studying. Verse 14 says, but their minds were made dull. For this day, the same remains when the Old Covenant is read. And then the second part of this, this is so crucial. It has been made, it has been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Can I tell you this, that you are not selling a law. You are not selling a church. Please don't sell change. Please don't go sell a church and sell a community. Please don't. Sell Christ. Come on. Sell Christ. He is the only thing that is foundational. The structure of church, the organization of church will pass away. None of what we're building right now will last forever. It won't. What will is Christ, your relationship with Christ, your bond with Christ, knowing him as your Lord and Savior. And when you have that when you have that, he says this. He says, only in Christ is the veil taken away. Man, my, my prayer for you today, that you catch. Because, can I tell you this? Every word of God is for yours for the taking. When I'm preaching up here today, you can either take it and receive it, or it just passes over just in one ear and out the other. You can go on with your life and never be changed. There, there will be people in this church. You will hear the word week after week after week, and you'll never be changed because you won't receive it, but if you will receive it today, I promise you, it'll transform the way you approach life with the veil gone. How many want the veil gone when you're, when you're releasing the kingdom of God? Come on, how many want the veil uh, gone when you're praying prayers of healing? Come on, how many want the veil gone when you're, when you're sharing the love of Christ with somebody, and you're just breaking it down for them to know that they are redeemed in Jesus? And then go on in verse 15. He says, even to this day, when Moses has read, a veil covers their hearts. But check this out in verse 16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is now taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness. You are the, the king's kid. Therefore, you have features of him. I think sometimes we do overcomplicate the, the gospel. We overcomplicate the message. And so we stay and don't do anything with it. It stays in our church. It stays in our Bible studies. It stays in our devotional time in the morning. I got to tell you, there is a time, uh, I believe it was David, King David, when all of the elders were around the ark praying, and they were praying over, God, should we move or should we not? Should we move or should we not? And I think some of us get in the cycle of staying in the prayer closet. And we stay in the prayer closet, and we're like, God, I don't know if it's you. I just need confirmation. Can you write it on the wall? All this stuff. I, I, man, I've been saying lately, because I really feel like the Spirit is leading His church to move. And I think this season has done weird things to people where we're waiting on something. We're waiting on the world to turn on again. We're waiting on the season to be over. We're waiting on the church to whatever. Whatever is in your blank space. But you're waiting on something. David said to the elders, and he said, remove your hands from the ark. It's time to move. And can I tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to your spirit today. It's time to get out of the prayer closet. Go back to your prayer closet every morning. But that moment in time when you're getting Christ in you is not to stay and remain in you. It's there so you can release it everywhere you go. Because you're in the image of Christ. You have Christ on you. And everyone in the world needs what you have. Everyone needs what you have. You were made for this. You were made for this. You're a glory carrier. Think of all the opportunities we have as a church just to serve and to love people. And can I encourage you, if you haven't yet come out to a serve day, if you haven't yet been a part of feeding the homeless and and loving on people in this neighborhood, can I encourage you, come and be a part. Let your hands and feet become the hands and feet of Christ. Because can I tell you everything you do for the least of these, will be seen by Jesus. There's a story in the Bible, actually, where he says, uh, those that came to the the judgment seat of Christ, and he said, away from me, I never knew you. And they said, Lord, we did all this stuff. And he said, no, 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 when I was hungry, you did not feed me. When I was thirsty, you did not give me a drink. I said, Lord, there's no way we missed that. We We went to church every week. We were part of all the studies. We when were you in the midst of us? And then he opened their eyes to let them be enlightened that the least of those that were in their life, that those that are all around them were the ones that he had called to serve, to love. And my prayer, what I, I weep over every morning for this church, what I weep over for your family, what I weep over for you individually, is that you catch the heart of Christ and that everybody that comes into your path, you are wrecked. You're wrecked. You're wrecked with the thought that they might be a lost child that do not know their father. They don't know their father. Oh, God has covered this church, man, with such a glory and such a presence. I thought it was incredible as we were in this pandemic and Uh, As we did worship, we were reminiscing uh, the other day just about how when we first hit the pandemic, it was like everybody in their house locked up. And so we had to like literally do iPhone videos of every instrument and piece them all together. How many remember that in the first of the pandemic? And we just had to like put the keyboard to the guitar, to the voices, and it was just crazy. But to think of the presence of God that was still in the midst. And I remember being right smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. And we were in our living room watching the online service and seeing my son and my daughter worshiping Christ. (laughs) There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. Seeing what God is doing in the midst of. And that's what we have to get as a church is that we are glory carriers. And therefore, everywhere we go, we look for ways to reveal Christ. We see what he's doing, what he's in the midst of. Come on, how many are ready for God to use you in a mighty way? How many are ready for God to, to wreck your neighborhood because of you, because you showed up? Yeah, and your new job or that place that you work, or that place that you go to school, that place is in need of someone who is spirit-filled. Not just a Christian, not just someone who goes to church, not just someone who kind of knows the word of God, someone who is full of the spirit. I want to give you today a scripture. One of these declarations, we talk about declarations a lot here at Change, because the, the Word of God is what transforms us. It's the renewing of our minds. And that's why it's so important what you speak over yourself every day, what you put on your tongue first thing in the morning. Um, that's why, you know, before anything happens in my life, anything happens in my world, I make sure I'm declaring the Word of God. I make sure I get up and remind myself who I am. Cause how many know it can be so easy to forget who you are? Come on, how many know it can be so easy to get selfish again? Anybody else selfish? Am I the only selfish person in here? I can get selfish. I, it can become all about me. And and I want to give you a, a declaration that that you can use this scripture to not only pray over yourself but just declare. So, all right, I want to equip you today. All right, you ready? Are you ready? Oh, you guys are so good. Luke chapter four, verse 18 through 19. Write it down. This will be definitely one that you want to underline in your Bible. Now this is mentioned again in Isaiah 61. Because actually Isaiah 61, this is the, the prophecy that Isaiah the prophet gave. And this was the prophecy that Jesus came and fulfilled. Maybe some of you know it already but chapter 4 verse 18 read it with me it says the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me man can you can you capture that just for a second and realize that god has sent you god has sent you uh, about a month ago we were out on the street just loving on people and and making sure they knew Christ. We ran into this this woman who we we just started ministering to and encouraging, and we started asking about her life. She said she had just gotten out of prison, and so now she was trying to get her life on track, but her family had totally just kind of shunned her because of all the things that she had done. And totally feeling conviction, you could tell just the weight of life was on her. Can I tell you, you don't know who's around you. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know all the details. And as long as we stay in this mindset of it's all about us, it's all about Christ, of doing something in our lives, and we're just waiting on Christ, and we need filled, we need filled. Sometimes we get in that mentality, and we don't realize that when we're flowing in the gifts of the Spirit is when we're full of who He is. Come on, somebody. Christian, Your Christian walk is not so that you can just have this life of just abundance and flow and just keep it to yourself. The fullness of Christ is when you're giving it away, when you're a conduit, and he can fill you up with more. And I remember just uh, being able to just encourage this woman and thinking in that moment, what if we hadn't stopped and said something? What if we hadn't invaded her world with the love of Christ? we got to pray with her. Man, we got to lead her to the Lord. She she said the sinner's prayer and, and came into a relationship with Jesus. There's so much power when we stop and realize we were made for this. When we stop and we realize we're made for so much more than just getting through life, just having a job, you know, just going through the motions and just Waiting for him to come back for us. There's so much more to life. And if you realize that, you will realize there are faces all around you. The people that come into your group, people that come into your friendship are not just there because it's random and they just showed up on your door. No, you have to realize that God in heaven is leading and guiding every child so that they have an opportunity to know him if you back up and you get heaven's perspective and you get the 2020, right? Not, not 2020, the one that gives us all twitches. 2020 perspective, perfect vision. You realize everything is so that none will perish. Can I tell you, God has sent this church here, here, so that none would perish Something rises in me when I think of 2020. Yeah, I know, all of us, right? You're like, me too. Who are we going to blame? Who are we going to, you know, let's go burn something down. 2020, something rises in me because of what the enemy tried to steal. For a lot of us and a lot of those of you watching online still, hey, the enemy tried to steal something from you. He tried to take your boldness Take your courage, take your faith, take what you used to have, what you thought was foundation, and he tried to steal it. Can I tell you, something rises in me. And I want to spend the entire summer as a church taking back this land for Jesus. I want to do whatever it takes as a church. Invade every neighborhood. Lead every person to the Lord. Every person. Just to to show that this season can't take down the church, Jesus said to Peter, He said, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not be able to stand against it. Nothing will be able to tear down this thing that was ordained by God. Can I speak that over your life today? I don't know what this season's done to you, but today God wants to breathe his spirit in you. And even in, in worship, as we surrender to him, you gain freedom when you fully surrender. I don't know how you need to do that today. Maybe you need to do that at this altar as, we, as Sean comes in place. Maybe you need to come to the altar and surrender. Maybe that looks just like that today. That, that you, Today's experience, you just need to come and you need to fully surrender everything. You need to take your hands off the steering wheel. And say, Christ, you drive. Christ, I trust you. Christ, I give you full reign. I've been trying to do it on my own. I'm stressed out of my mind. I can't do it anymore. And he says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Why? Because he's the Prince of Peace. Ah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. That's what you have to realize, number one. That's your first declaration. God, I thank you. Your spirit is on me. Jesus was the perfect picture, the perfect picture of what we are to be on earth. And that's why this church is grounded. If you go to belong, and we're starting that in two weeks, by the way. If you go to belong, you'll realize that. As a church, we follow Christ. He's the example. He's the example. He served, so we serve. He was the least, so we become the least. He, he flowed in power, so we flow in power. He spoke with authority, we speak with authority. He flowed in joy, we flow in joy. He, he removed himself to get with his father, we remove ourselves to get with our father. He came and redeemed the world. He set every captive free. Therefore, we were made for this. Come on, somebody you got to capture this. you got to get it. Because when you understand, I was made for this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. You walk differently. You walk differently. No longer am I just Elijah Tyrone Hollis. Now I'm Elijah Tyrone Hollis with the Spirit of God in me. Right? I'm not just some awkward kid. Like growing up, I was so awkward. I mean, goodness, the whole nine yards. Tall, skinny, glasses, the whole thing. Freckles. I mean, just, I was an odd kid. I'm not Elijah Tyrone Hollis. I'm anointed because I have the Spirit of God on me. You are not just you. You're not just you with the last name and the first name because your parents gave it to you. No, you have the Spirit of God on you. Therefore, you're made to change. He said what? I'm made to preach good news to the poor. He sent me. The Lord sent you. Okay, this is a declaration. Another one. Number one, Spirit of the Lord is on me. Number two, he sent me. He sent you. Every day you wake up, Lord, where are you sending me? Think about that. Everywhere you go. This is what I want to talk about next week. I can't get ahead of myself. Everywhere you go, divine appointment, divine appointment. You go to the store, someone's having a crappy day. Oh, divine appointment. No longer is it like, they should have better customer service. The other day, the, the waitress was just, I mean, she was just having a bad day. How many of you have ever been there? Oh, you're at a restaurant. It's like, what happened? I don't know what's going on. But when you realize everything's a divine appointment, all of a sudden, that is not, that's not an obstacle for me having fun there at the restaurant. That is an opportunity for God to move. Why? He sent me. Come on, somebody say that. Say, he sent me. He's sending you every day, every day. Every day you wake up, he's sending you. Who is he putting in your path? Who is he putting in your journey so that you can pour in and love on? Who is he putting right in front of you so that you can show the love of Christ? Now, are you, this is the thing we get caught up in. Well, what if they don't? That's not your job. Holy Spirit's a big boy. All your job is to love. You are not to give the law. You are to give the Spirit. Breaks it down. It's so easy. Next thing, proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recover sight to the blind, set the oppressed free. And this is the last thing, to proclaim freedom, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now real quick, I know I have to be done. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This was every 50 years, the Jewish community celebrated the the year of the Lord's favor, the year year of Jubilee. This is where all debts were canceled, Right, If you had any debts, they were canceled that that year. It was just a year of total freedom. If you were a slave, you could be free in that year. I mean, it was just total freedom. And he said, this is what we are to do as Christ's followers. Everywhere we go, we cancel debts. We cancel the weary. We cancel the the hardships. We cancel the sin and and the, the sickness. And we proclaim, this is the year of the Lord's favor. And this is what needs to get in your spirit. That everywhere you go, you know, I was made for this. I'm looking for ways. How can I proclaim the year of the Lord's favor over somebody? I was praying with a guy yesterday, and he said, I'm going to the the doctor because they think I have cancer. And I'm going to the heart doctor right after that because they think I have uh, problems with my heart. And I said, I told him, I said, hey, listen, I have heart conditions all throughout my family. My grandfather's grandfather, my grandfather, my dad, every person, it should be me too. But I break the curse in Jesus' name. Why? I proclaim. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of Jubilee. We don't have to live under the bondage of brokenness. We don't have to live under the bondage of sickness. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? See, what you don't realize is you can hear it. But if you don't believe it, it won't set you free. (laughs) It won't. It won't. You can hear it all day long. I heard it for 30 years. I mean, I grew up on this stuff. But it's not until just, I mean, honestly, like I'm still coming. I'm still learning. I'm still growing how to step on that word and say, Lord, you made me for this. I'm still learning. Come on. And my vision, our vision as a couple, man, me and Ashley talk about this all the time. Our staff, we are continually working through this as a church. Because we will not be a church that we just put on a show every weekend and call it a day. If that were it, I'm out. I'm totally out. That is not for me. In fact, y'all don't know, but like preaching, it's not something that I'm like, woo. Work through this. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord's on me. Man, our vision as a church, the core of this church, and you have to realize this if you're going to be a part of this family, our vision is that every single person in here becomes a change maker. That everywhere you go, you set the captives free. Everywhere you go, you release God's kingdom. Everywhere you go, you're alive to your purpose to realize, I am proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what Fox put out. I don't care what Facebook's screaming. I don't care. I proclaim the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is truth. And where the truth is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? I want to pray over you today. Maybe some of you need to come to this altar just to surrender to God. Maybe you need to surrender the weight that you've been carrying. Hey, today, God's going to lift that from you. He's going to fill you with his spirit. The spirit of the Lord is here today. And he wants to set you free so that you walk. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. So that you fly out of here. Come on. Some of you have been walking. It's heavy. And it's time for you to soar. It's time for this season for you to soar. This is a season of breakthrough for you, my friend. This is a season of absolute dreams come true, promised land living. This is a season where you're going to see more things happen through your faith than you have in all the years past. Why? Because you're going to stand on the word that I am the one who has the spirit on me. that's you today, come on, make your way up here. We're just going to worship God. And let let this place just be a place of full surrender. To say, God, we know we're made for this. But I just, I surrender everything. I don't know what you need to carry up here. But maybe some of you, you're just, you're carrying the weight of this season. You're carrying the weight of everything. And God wants to take it off you so you can become alive in Christ. So you become alive to share with him everything. So that's you. Come on down. Let's pray.